Travis Ryer with the BamaOnline.com staff from Bryant-Denny Stadium following the fan day practice here on a somewhat stormy Saturday afternoon. We had a little break in the action about an hour into the practice. Nick Saban took his team off the field for a brief delay, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Crimson Tide comes back out, completes the workout, and as you can hear, we have the uh, autograph session underway, which now includes the last couple of years it has anyway, Nick Saban's very own playlist. And of course, if you know anything about Nick Saban's musical taste, the band you hear in the background right there, definitely going to be a part of that. The Rolling Stones, a little can't always get what you want, which will be apropos here in about, oh, I guess, what is it? Still 30 minutes, 31 minutes or so on the autograph clock, but uh, the line's down there right now, exceptionally long for Nick Saban, but I'll say this, maybe more so than any player I've seen during the Nick Saban era at Alabama. Tuatanga Violola right now has got a pretty good line. Not maybe to the extent that Nick Saban has, but uh, challenging Nick Saban, maybe more so than we've seen from previous Alabama players. So you've got that going on. Again, you had sort of a uh, uh, rain interrupted, storm interrupted practice, but Alabama out there in shorts and helmets today. Uh, we've got a lot of coverage for you at BamaOnline.com. Already got some practice video up on the website from earlier today. Some updates also from Kirk McNair and Charlie Potter following the coaches meeting with reporters earlier today. Nick Saban, his coordinators, Steve Sarkeesian, and also Pete Golding talking to reporters, kind of like, kind of like Groundhog Day. See those guys maybe about once a year, and then they go back in. Although with Alabama participating in college football playoff games like it has uh, each of the last four years, uh, you get to see those guys, you get to hear from those guys in the college football playoff format. But uh, we'll get into some news and notes from the workout primarily. All the other coverage, of course, you can find at BamaOnline.com, video of those press conferences, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, as far as the practice itself, um, we didn't see Miller forestall the tight end. We didn't see LeBron Ray, the defensive end. Now, we did see both those guys earlier at the team photo, both those guys sporting orthopedic boots. We talked about this on our midday update on the Built by Bama online podcast, which if you don't catch this or you're, you know, the thing we're going to start doing with instant analysis is also loading it in podcast form on the Built by Bama online podcast. So you'll have access to that in podcast form moving forward as well. But uh, we did see those guys at the team photo today. Um, in the workout itself, you had a handful of guys working in black non-contact jerseys, including projected starting running back Najee Harris, although from what Charlie Potter and myself and Kirk McNair saw, Najee Harris took every rep available to him. So moving well, looking good out there, uh, Najee Harris even in that black non-contact jersey. Some other guys, we had been told in the offseason that Darian Dahlcourt and Scooby Carter, a couple of early enrollees along the offensive line and in that defensive secondary, were likely looking at shoulder surgeries. With that, we've seen those guys today in black non-contact jerseys uh, as well. Jalen Armour Davis coming off an ACL tear, uh, also in a black non-contact jersey. So you had a handful of guys still out there. And, um, and again, though, 
most if not all those guys were not limited in what we saw now today with shorts and helmets we'll see when alabama transitions into more pad work after the acclimation period but well, the guys that were available pretty much uh, went even if it was in black non-contact jerseys had a little bit of a scare after the delay came back out and uh, went through some punting game stuff with the two punters primarily that are in that competition scoured along uh, the sophomore and Will Reichard the true freshman we'll talk more about that competition a little bit later but primarily it was of news today because we saw Trayvon Diggs while returning a punt. And I talked to Trayvon about this earlier, about whether or not he might be factoring into that mix. And we did see him back deep on punts with Jalen Waddle, of course. Diggs came up a little bit lame while trying to field a short, short punt. Um, and it was one of those scenarios, especially with him coming off the foot injury from last year, probably had Alabama fans holding their breath just a little bit. but. Looked like it may have been more of a cramp than anything else because he not only stayed out there and was tended to by the training staff, he actually jumped back into the mix uh, in the defensive secondary. And from that point forward, really did some nice things. I thought his coverage on Jerry Judy today in a couple of instances is as good as you're going to see from a defensive back anywhere. Really blanketed the Fred Blitnikoff award winner from a year ago, had a couple of nice pass breakups. So, that was really good to see Trayvon Diggs uh, respond to what looked like a little bit of a scare there about midway through the practice. Now, the Alabama passing game, you know, early in camp, kind of hard to get a feel for groupings. Um, but as far as the offensive line, pretty much what we saw yesterday and at the end of spring drills in terms of the first five, Matt Womack at right guard, Jedrick Wills at right tackle, Chris Owens at center, Emil Echior at left guard, and of course, Alex Leatherwood at left tackle. So that's been about what you would expect. Um, that second group, similar to what we saw in the spring with Scott Lashley at left tackle. Um, you move inside, uh, Evan Neal, the true freshman at left guard, Hunter Brannon at center, although we did see Echior rep some at center today um, as well. Tommy Brown uh, at right tackle and Deontay Brown, starter from a year ago, obviously dealing with uh, issue stemming from his suspension for the college football playoff carrying over into the 2019 regular season working at right guard today. So that was your first two groups. Um, some guys on that third team of note, Landon Dickerson, the Florida State transfer, uh, is working at right guard with the threes. Um, Tanner Bowles with the threes. Uh, Pierce Quick looked like at left guard. Uh, with that third group, Darian Dahlcourt with the threes at center, um, and Amari Kite, the true freshman uh, at right tackle. So there's your three deep. Again, we talked about this yesterday. You got 16 scholarship offensive linemen right now. So healthy number of capable uh, individuals right now on that offensive line, but still plenty to sort out at those interior spots. Now on the other side of the ball, the other line of scrimmage with LeBrian Ray out, continue to see true freshman Justin Aboigby at that right defensive end position, still seeing DJ Dale, another true freshman at nose tackle, Raquan Davis at left end. So two thirds of that defensive line right now in terms of the first group, true freshmen. Guys that don't look like true freshmen, by the way. Justin Aboigby, DJ Dale, uh, very much physically advanced, although you really, really want to get LeBron Ray back as soon as possible and based on some comments 
from Nick Saban earlier today. That could be in the very near future. Inside linebacker, we've talked about it a ton in the offseason at BamaOnline.com. Um, Dylan Moses, obviously the starter at Mike Linebacker, but it looks like a couple of different tiers, a couple of different groups, at least early in camp. Again, one of those positions we need to get into more of the padded practices in all likelihood to get a better feel for what's going to happen there. But Josh McMillan looks to be rock solid right now to go along with Dylan Moses there. He is working at that weak side position, but you get beyond that first group and then you got sort of a second group of Markel Benton, Ali Cahoe, Jalen Moody, and then you got the two true freshmen and Christian Harris and Shane Lee. So, you know, I think right now it's safe to say that Moses obviously, McMillan secondarily, uh, that group, that top group, but then behind it a lot of things that could play out a lot of different ways. Um, outside linebacker, pretty good looking first group out there today in the base defense with Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis. You'll take that. You know, and as much as anything, if you're an Alabama fan, all these guys we talked about in a black non-contact jersey today, Terrell Lewis wasn't one of them. Neither was Christopher Allen. So your top three outside linebackers look to be pretty good there. Um, next up, you know, you're looking at Kevin Harris, a true freshman. You're looking at King Wakuda, a true freshman. We talked about it yesterday. Has the sort of textbook prototype look for a Jack linebacker. Um, I mentioned Derez Parks. Uh, that's kind of your next wave. We did see Ben Davis. I know I'm going to get asked about Ben Davis. I'll say this. We did see Ben Davis in some looks with the twos with Christopher Allen. So also saw Ben Davis in the punting period uh, with the punting team. They were repping a lot of guys in and out of there. But before you ask me about Ben Davis, there you go. Um, the secondary Looking back there, uh, about what you would expect in the top four or five guys, I think the primary competition is going to continue to be at that safety spot opposite Xavier McKinney. We saw both Jared Maiden, who had a nice interception to Tua Tonga Vailoa today, and Shaheem Carter working at that safety spot. Uh, at star, we saw Patrick Sertan to go along with Trayvon Diggs um, at right corner. Uh, then you had, of course, in the nickel, Josh Job coming on at the other corner spot. So those five or six guys right now look to be your primary players. I think those six are going to be what you see when you go from base, nickel, into dime uh, in the defensive secondary, assuming all those guys stay healthy. Quarterbacks on the other side, Tua looked about the way you would expect Tua to look. Uh, moving well, I didn't see any real signs or limitations from the hamstring issue from over the summer. Uh, Mac Jones with some nice throws uh, at times. I thought Paul Tyson, and I, I, I posted this on the roundtable in the thread there. If you haven't checked that out, the live practice updates, you probably should do that. Those were real time throughout the workout. I thought that Paul Tyson pretty obviously had worked on something that I wondered about with him coming to this level. And it's a question that a lot of young quarterbacks have to answer at this level. And it, it, either because of recognition or mechanics or maybe some of both, and that's getting the ball out quick. You know, you just don't have the time to operate at this level like you do in high school, even at the 7A level in Alabama. But I thought Paul Tyson showed me at least that he has certainly worked on that aspect, got the ball out quickly, 
Uh, I thought he was accurate, had a nice touchdown pass with the twos. Um, or a grouping make, made up of some of the twos anyway, again, with all the mixing and matches, matching that goes on to John Mechie on a post route. Mechie got behind uh, the second team safeties uh, and, and, and pulled in the, the deep ball. So I thought Paul Tyson did some nice things. Talia Tonga Vailoa um, doing some good things. I like the patience that we saw from Talia at times, taking the check down when it's there. And, you know, speaking of which, Najee Harris very effective in that regard today. Uh, more of that kind of practice, although Najee had a nice cutback on a, on a long run in a team period, 11 on 11 period. Trey Sanders had a really nice one-handed grab on a swing pass out of the backfield. Keelan Robinson, I thought, showed some nice bursts. Jerome Ford right now looks like he's dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue. He's at least wearing the strap. Um, and that's the guy that really needs to make it happen. I mean, it's still very early in his career going into his second year. But with Keelan Robinson coming in and Trey Sanders, you know, Alabama obviously feels good enough about that duo to go ahead and take Chadarius Townsend and put him back at the wide receiver position. Um, receivers, again, you know what you've got in your top three, Jalen Waddell mixing in with Henry Ruggs III, Judy, and also Devontae Smith. That was clearly your top four. I talked about Mechie making a nice play over the top. Uh, Terrell Shaver, Slade Bolden. Um, these are guys along with Xavier Williams, who was also in a black non-contact jersey, but looked to be pretty much good to go. These are the guys in that sort of second tier mid rotation that are going to continue to battle for that pecking order behind that top four or five. You know, those spots six and seven, that's that's getting down to the bottom of guys that are legitimately, you know, considered part of the rotation going into game week. So intense competition with some really, really uh, solid, I would call it, uh, players there in that mix. Now, special teams, I said it earlier, we did see some punting. I thought based on just today, just today, I thought Will Reichert was clearly um, the better of the two or three options we saw. Primarily, we saw Skyward DeLong and Will Reichert. I thought Will Reichert, first two punts were 49 and 42 yards. I thought his consistency was clearly ahead of Skyward DeLong today. Not there to chart every kick, just talking about today. Um, really good hang time. I liked about Will Reichard, too. Uh, there was a time or two where he punted the ball directionally, not only just booming it, you know, 48, 49 yards with good hang time, but in the middle of the field where returns have a chance to really hurt you. There were a time or two where he was able to directionally punt the football towards the right sideline, give your coverage unit a better opportunity in those scenarios, something we saw, and I think Alabama fans uh, maybe became a little spoiled with uh, with J.K. Scott in that regard. Your snappers, Thomas Fletcher. I was happy to see Gabe Pugh out there. Gabe Pugh uh, from right here in Tuscaloosa, Northridge High School, thought he fired him back there. And with Gabe Pugh, the question there for him, big picture-wise, down the road, I don't think it has anything to do with snapping. He can put it back there with Thomas Fletcher and other guys. Um, it's coverage after the snap. And it looks like Gabe's done some really good stuff in the off-season program. So just a guy to keep an eye on. I'm a fan of Gabe Pugh. Can you tell? I know I, I, I know a kicker that he used to snap for over there at Northridge High School. So I'll be Team Gabe forever. But it was good stuff today. Um, most importantly, it looked like Alabama got through the workout without much in the way of uh, injury or, you know, the, the dig scare, obviously. 
was something that uh, had some people holding their breath when it happened. He was really frustrated at the time. Um, but again, he jumped back into practice and didn't just get back in. He made some plays after he did so. So with that, with the Eagles, another one of those Nick Saban favorites blaring in the background. You got any questions for me as we wrap up here today? We didn't see any place kicking today, William. Um, it was all about the punters, at least today. That's what we saw. So, you know, we not only saw the punters, uh, we saw some punt returners. Jalen Waddle, as I mentioned, Trayvon Diggs, Shaheem Carter. Um, you know, those were some of the guys that were back there, Xavier Williams. So, and you know, you start looking at maybe some guys that can fill a role uh, on that punt team, personal protectors, guys like Anthony Jennings that we saw in there today, along with Antonio Alfano, who also worked with the second team defensive line today, Cameron Latou. Didn't mention the tight ends. Cameron Latou and Major Tennyson were your top, well, excuse me, Major Tennyson and Giles Amos, the walk-on, were actually the, the two tight ends working together with the ones today. With the twos, it was Cameron Latou and Jalil Billingsley, the true freshman. But we saw Latou also in sort of that personal protector role on punts. Yeah, David, I just hit the tight ends for you. What's up with Ben Davis? We talked about Ben earlier. Um, saw Ben working with the twos a little bit today and also uh, maybe covering a punt or two. Radley, the defensive line depth, it's intriguing from the standpoint that there's a lot of new faces and a lot of guys that are new maybe to Alabama fans that have been here for a year or so but haven't played a lot to this point or at all. So I will say this, I think it's gonna be just fine. I think you're gonna have guys emerge and become real players real soon. Uh, we talked about two of the three first teamers today were true freshmen, but you had Antonio Alfano playing with that second group. You had Stefan Wynn playing with that second group. Uh, I thought Christian Barmore again showed some disruptiveness uh, up front. So, you know, Fedarian Mathis is in that mix. Uh, Ishmael Softshire, uh, Byron Young. And there's quality numbers there. It's just a matter of who's going to sort of separate from the pack. Scratch my nose, Mick. Mick. Um, Caleb, it's not that really anyone's feeling, filling in for Anoma. I guess, you know, when you've got Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings both healthy, those were going to be your top two guys, whether or not Ayabi Anoma was here or not. Where it hurts you is, yeah, that third guy, and also in some situational packages. You know, Christopher Allen looks to be in really good shape coming off that ACL from a little more than a year ago. So. I would say Christopher Allen is your third guy. I would say that uh, there is going to be competition for that fourth spot. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, at least, that King Wakuda, the true freshman, will be heavily involved in that mix. Not saying he's going to be a, a significant player during the upcoming season, but with the situation being what it is, Jerez Parks, Ben Davis, um, Kevin Harris, another guy, another true freshman uh, that's going to be in that mix. You know, at one point today, we saw the entire linebacker core that was out there with like the threes were all true freshmen. You had Makuta, Harris on the outside, and on the inside, you had Shane Lee and Christian Harris, who again, another physically impressive young player. Still a long way to go, Caleb. 
you know, Evan Neal working with the twos. We'll see. I mean, there's legitimate competition in there. There's, there's not uh, there's not some slappies that he's going against in there, and he's just a true freshman. We talked about Mac Jones yesterday, um, and, and I think it's clear that he's made the improvements that he needed to to at least hit that spot as the backup to uh, to Tua. I'd say right now he looks like he's more comfortable in that role. Um, and so, you know, Mac is – the thing with it is, I was telling somebody today, it's not just Mac. It's the people he's got around him too. And that's not to discredit what Mac's done in terms of improvement. But, man, when you look at these wide receivers and the backs, I think there's a lot of guys in this offense with those other players around them that could throw for 3,000 yards in a season. Now, what makes Tua different – is that Tua can get to 4,000 with those guys. Wayne, still a little early to talk about definitive weak points. I think right now, you know, your concerns are at tight end where you don't have Miller Forstall right now. Again, though, the expectation being that at some point down the road, perhaps before the Duke game, you're going to have Miller Forstall back at tight end. I thought Major Tennyson looked good. Like, he looked like he's had a good offseason. He's still sporting a hamstring support, but I thought he looked good. Uh, it's time to start thinking about Giles Amos as a legitimate top three, top four guy at that position. Um, and then, you know, Cameron Latou in there as well. Jalil Billingsley's going to get a lot of work to go along with Michael Parker. So, you know, the numbers are decent. Um, but you'd like to get Forrest all back. Saw Slade Bolton today, Matt, run, looked like a hitch and go on the outside um, against Marcus Banks, the true freshman corner. And Slade had Banks beat the throw just a little bit long. So he's, uh, he's out there competing. Robert, we talked about uh, Chris Owens at this point looking very much like the guy at center with that first team line. Um, we've also seen Emil Echior. Uh, work in there at center. More so with the twos, perhaps. But they're going to play their best three. And if their best three um, requires that Emil Echior play center, then he'll probably do that. But right now, you know, it would be hard to go against Chris Owens before we're in pads. I thought something that uh, Radley, that Nick Saban said earlier was very promising for the focus of this team and that he talked about this team being one of the better condition teams going into a fall camp that he's had at Alabama. That speaks to getting your business done in the offseason. And they look like it. They do. You get up close to, to these cats, and they look like just about each and every one of them had – at least fairly productive off-seasons, if not highly productive off-seasons. Now, you know, it's easy to say that on August the 3rd, where it's really going to show up and where Alabama has consistently been able to separate itself from other programs, not just from a talent perspective, that's obviously very helpful, is that come mid-October, late October, when the rubber really starts to hit the road, um, that's when that starts to show up, that aspect of it. Barry, I think, you know, John Mechie has uh, the opportunity to be one of those guys at wide receiver. The question is, 
you know, who's going to give up reps right now in front of him? And it's going to be tough. That doesn't mean he still can't be a part of things on a week-to-week basis. But, you know, I talked with Jerry Judy about this at SEC Media Days, and his point was a good one. It's that there, there is opportunities for multiple guys, four or five guys. It's just that when they come your way, you better maximize them because there's going to be a good chance that the next time the ball's going to someone else. And so that's just additional incentive to turn a 10, 12-yard hitch into 25, 30 yards because you don't know when you're going to, quote, eat again uh, with this rotation. But Mechie, and he continues to show he did it out there again today. Again, he's working against the twos for the most part, but it's a guy whose time's going to come here in the very near future. One or two more before we wrap it up. Little Elton John, Benny and the Jets. Benny, Benny. What else? Is that going to do it? We're going to call it a wrap. You're going to let me get out of here on a Saturday? Well, I hope you caught the Built by Bama online podcast earlier today. Again, instant analysis now, converting to podcast form when we're done with it here. And that will drop into your podcast library. If you subscribe to the Built by Bama online podcast, this will drop directly into your library each and every time we do them. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Again, more coverage coming throughout the evening, throughout the weekend, throughout fall camp, throughout the upcoming season. Right there at BOL, Charlie Potter, the veteran, Kirk McNair, Denon McMillan, helping us out with the photos. As always, I'm Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on Instant Analysis. We'll talk to you again early next week.